Hello, everybody. This is a Fortified Niche, a podcast about uh, tabletop miniature war games that you may not have heard of. My name is uh, JC Dent. I am the host. Uh, and I'm Kessa. Hi. And today it's Gosh darn it, Madeline, we're doing an Osprey again. What? Uh, we're going to look at uh, uh, Dracula's America, Shadows of the West. I think that's the full title, which is important to know when you're looking for the rule book because all of them have these uh, silly subtitles, so you might actually get Hunting Grounds instead of the main book. Yeah, by uh, Jonathan Haythorn's weight. I'm not familiar with all the stuff, but this is pretty solid. This is fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know the guy, the guy either, but like, the game uh, is uh, fairly solid by itself. So, uh, the premise of the game is that a vampire is in charge of America, but not like today how it is in real life. But in the late uh, 1890s, so oh, there's it. a whole, there's a whole backstory. There's a whole backstory about how Dracula secretly infiltrated the U.S. government uh, around the time of the Civil War and how it went from there. But the important part is that you can play this game without supernatural elements. So you can just run it as a straight cowboy game or you can just throw zombies and other stuff in it. Um, and either way, it seems yeah, pretty fun. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a skirmish war game, so it's not, so you're commanding like a gang of like about ten dudes, up to ten dudes. Usually you start with uh, far fewer, and it's built, I think, with campaign the campaign play in mind as well. Yeah, the worst kind of play. Just have just, just be done. One else is all you need. One else in tournament play. Nothing else matters. <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this is gonna rankle some feathers. Uh, so. I mean that's uh, that that is basically the premise unless you really want to go into like what Dracula did and how or why the Confederacy still somehow exists. Oh, I love uh, I love the background for this game because it's like three pages of just you know timeline. So eighteen sixty five something happens. So Dracula runs away after the book, meets Abraham Lincoln, becomes his best friend. Lincoln dies in mysterious circumstances, and then Dracula's in charge. It's like okay, sure, that's awesome, that's fun. Then, I think the first big break from reality is that Gettysburg is a stalemate in this one, and then everybody digs in. And then also Dracula infiltrates uh, the U.S. government pretending to be uh, Eastern European count, and since nobody knows how Eastern Europeans look like, everyone's like, yeah, sure, I'm... Eastern Europeans can't go into the sun, everybody knows that. Uh, and yeah, and then it's like, you know, Confederacy survives, sort of. <laughs> I guess because I think it's implied that Sherman literally burns the South yeah, to the ground. Yeah, quite funny. <laughs> Sherman marches to yeah, the sea uh, and beyond. Yeah, I, 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 what one thing I like the most is that once you get to, to, that, there's the I, of course eventually a supernatural faction of Confederacy is that they don't get their magic by themselves. They torture it out of the, uh, the Haitian slaves and, or their um, escaped enslaved people yeah. faction. Yeah. And uh, the, it's like, you know, it's like Wolfenstein, the new order, where the Nazis didn't come up with the mad science by themselves. No, they stole it all. So, like, uh, um, take that, Confederacy. Yeah, I think to compare it to being much of loose is fun. I'm not huge on voodoo in games, but that's just maybe like as someone's actual religion and putting that in something is kind of like, eh, but like, yeah. 
it's handled with a plum, and it's like a, it's half a page of like they have magic powers because of vague reasons. They call it voodoo. So I don't even. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Do do. I think I think the voodoo voodoo zombies in this game are strange in that they're uh, basically perfectly reanimated undead. So it's not like you know the uh, guys the guys on drugs things. It's just like. Perfectly reanimated guys, and uh, Confederacy has shittily reanimated guys who can do a, can't really do much else but follow the necromancer and go like brains, yeah. state rights, brains. Here's my four free uh, dudes. Ah, oh no, it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the setting is short and uh, I guess uh, somewhat interesting. There's definitely more build-up done to that than for the setting in uh, the Silver Bayonet, I guess. Yeah. Uh, even though, like we said, this game can be entirely played without Draculas uh, and only with Americas, I guess. Yeah, if you just want to have cowboys fighting other cowboys and occasional Native Americans, this seems fine. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's easy to find a copy of this and it is to find a copy of the old Warhammer fantasy historical cowboy line. That was my experience. Like yours may differ. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the rules in this aren't too complicated though it has though they do have their own weirdness um all the miniatures have a single real stat called grit and this is basically all they roll when they want to do something and it's also a dice pool system so whenever you get a bonus or a malice you uh add or subtract dice to the pool and the basic success is a five plus uh which means that uh, your your novices, D6 guys kind of sucked, and then you get your veterans, D8s, who are kind of more reliable, and then you get your heroes, the D10s. Uh, guys, ranked by, guys ranked by single dice and uh, a single like success roll is something we saw previously in uh, Force and Force, but it's a bit different, and it's also in that it's also harsher in that you have five plus instead of a four plus, like it was in Force and Force. Although thinking about it, going from a five plus and a D eight to a D ten isn't that big of a jump, because a D eight is five six seven eight, and a D ten it's five six seven eight nine ten. Hang on, I'm really bad at math. It's like a forty percent chance versus fifty percent chance. So like looking at it like statistically, it doesn't feel like wow, I've gone. From being a veteran to a hero, it's more like, yeah, okay. <laughs> maybe you've met it wrong. Uh, maybe, I guess maybe that's intentional. Maybe they did any dice stuff that all those uh, other nerds do, <laughs> and they figured it out that this is a more, gen- a, more, a more gentle curve. Yeah. A more perfect union of man and dice. And like, that's fine. Like, it feels good uh, to roll big dice, and the dice all look different. So you're not going to pick up your D12s instead of D20s by accident. Yeah, yeah. And it's always rolling the same dice and it's uh, always looking for the same thing. Yeah. Except for when it comes to fighting, when it gets a little weird. Yeah. So, you know, you roll your thing, you hit someone, right? Uh, You count how many successes you did. Then they roll a single dice save. And then you go to a chart where you check how hard you succeeded and which determines how how, how high they need to roll to uh, succeed the save, which is like a normal save when you only score a single success is 5+, plus, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, and then every extra save, they flip, they 
every extra success makes the required number one more. So if they've got three successes, that's now uh, seven. So your D6 guys can't make that. But if they roll high enough, they might not become displayed out dead. Yeah, because that's the other weird thing is that when you determine, when you roll the dice, uh, either you succeed, it's not either you succeed or fail, you check by how much you fail if you fail. So, like, if you're a d6 guy and you have to roll an 8 plus save, you still roll and see what's the difference between uh, what you rolled and uh, what was what was required of you. Uh, and the results are, are either shaken, which is, like, just drops you a die and we didn't discuss we looked at the rules and we did not discover if that does anything for a d6 guy because you can't drop to a d4 um uh, you can go you down, down which yeah is, yeah um if you're shaking and you're down when you, you just die if you're d6 you it could be yeah uh, if you go down, you just uh, become like the crawling guy in Necromunda. You can move like two inches and then you roll recovery <laughs> oh, yeah. at the end of the We should say, phase. have you played Necromunda? Have you played Mordheim? You're very familiar with this. Yeah, <laughs> with, with this tango, you are familiar, though. I think the system is a bit more gentle than it is in... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's, well, not gentle. It's graceful, than it is in Necromunda because... Yeah, you don't have to track stat drops like you do with wounded models in Necromunda, which is understandable but a pain in the ass. Uh, yeah, and of course, and of course, there is like a down, I mean, when you're just shot dead, uh, removed from the game variant, but that one is surprisingly hard to score because you need, I think, a five difference between you between your roles. Yeah. And considering that you are under normal circumstances, you're rolling three dice to shoot, but that's before range and cover comes into play. You're not going to be rolling that many successes that often, so it's not that easy to just one-shot a guy off the field entirely. Yeah, and if you roll the maximum on the dice, it means you can re-roll one of the failures in the pool. So if you've got 3D, 6, and you've rolled two sixes and a 1, you can re-roll that 1, and maybe get another success, or not roll a jam... It, it, it is a nice thing because it rewards you rolling high, but not rewards you in a way where it feels overpowering, where it would be like uh, the old Infinity crit hit rules. Haha, no save. Fuck you. Mm. Or like they're not exploding into even more dice. We're like, aha, I've rolled three eights. Well, you're going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had the chance to really test and see how it works because I think one of the the first casualties in our first game was me shooting your guy on the roof and then him falling oh, down. That was fun, yeah. And he survived both of those. <laughs> yes, this game has shooting guys off ledges rules, which is important in any game that has any verticality. Oh, if your sure. game doesn't have it, you made a bad game. Absolutely. So yeah, um, and I think that's it for the basic weirdness of the rules. I mean, the rest keys off of that entirely yeah i think there's something a bit uh, if i oh. remember correctly there's something a bit different going when you get into melee but it's uh not that easy to get into melee yeah. and you're pro you're probably shooting someone in the face i mean you are a cowboy in melee you basically punch each other at the same time and then you're comparing those pools and then the winner of the overall pool hits the other person for whatever they've got left after <coughs> subtractions um the other interesting rule that i kind of like i don't know is the activation system Oh yeah, the activation system is, I think, by what it uses the tactilely. Yeah, that's a word. 
is is very suitable for the Wild West. And why don't you run people through it? Yeah, so you take your standard 52-card deck of playing cards. You both have one. You both have the same size of cards. You get a number of cards equal to the size of your posse divided by two rounded up. And then an extra card if your original boss is on the board. I don't think the new bosses count if your old boss does. Yep. Yeah, so you might have, like, we had four cards for our six-man posses. And then every turn, you're playing a card, and whoever plays the highest card wins. Blacks beats reds, and highest beats lowest. And in ties, you get special events. We weren't sure if a tie yeah, was so that's an a inter- red, like a queen of hearts, is the same as a... Oh, I think it was queen of hearts, and queen of hearts means something yeah. dumb happens. But, like... If you have a pair otherwise, it's just two red queens because you can't have two of the same like suit, which which might be the way it works. I mean, yeah, if I play red queen and you play red queen, is that a pair? That should be a pair, but it might not be a pair. Well, you see, we can have bo- we both can have queens of hearts because yeah. we're using different decks. Only it's not very often that it happens. No. And the other nice thing about activation is that like it's not like you get like five cards. That means you're activating five dudes at most no. because you can spend the cards to either do two actions with a single dude or get two dudes to do one action each. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's uh, that means that even if you don't have enough cards to cover each dude individually, you can still probably activate your entire posse if, you, if you're smart with it. Yeah, and if you've got more cards than the other person for whatever reason, you can keep activating after they've um, run out. So if you've got five cards and I've got four cards, yeah. you can be like, oh, well, you know, I don't really care because I'm just going to have my guy walk around and just wait. <laughs> or if you have either a single guy or a single card left of activations like at the start, you can just, uh, like if you start the turn, if I understand correctly, with a single guy, you can wait to activate whenever you want. It's a special uh, special rule, like specially pointed out. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love I love games that uh, mess around with uh, activations where they're uh, maybe not always guaranteed, and then maybe where uh, you have to husband your resources, which I like. Yeah, and there's plenty of ways that you modify, like the hand cards or the special magic powers people have. Like you had one where you could like, look at my deck and be like, oh no, he's got like two black kings and two black jokers. So much my hand of red threes. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's part, that that's one of the magic that's one of the magic powers that are easy to use. You only need to roll a single success, I think, and then you get to see the guy's other hand, and then you know what they're going to do, and then you can start playing mind games with them yeah. and your cards. Or in my case, I couldn't play mind games because he had all <laughs> black cards and I had all reds. So whatever I play, he beats me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, the, that's just the kind of uh, charming charming shit that happens when you play Dracula's America <laughs> and Shadows of the West. Yeah. A lot of sides really nice and easy. Like everyone's got their one eighty degree field of view, so front and back. Um, measuring is well, center to center, yeah, which yeah, I didn't so like. Big, but which one did you not like? Um, the measuring being center of the base to center of the base. Yeah, that's kind of weird. The, I think the only places where it works like that is games with where you have tiles or something, because uh, I think. Advanced squad leader does line of sight checks from center of the hex to center of the hex, but this game definitely doesn't. It doesn't have like hexes and stuff. So with miniatures, it's a bit of a iffy proposition. Yeah, especially like a but I guess bigger model. Like my forty millimeter demon had a four inch breath weapon. Well, from the from the middle of him, that's a lot shorter than from the base of him. That's like a whole inch I've lost out on. 
yeah, yeah. And like, you still have to, there's still a bit of an honest on you to be as accurate and honest as possible when determining the center of your model. I mean, it's not like you're going, it's not like you can easily mark the center of your base above the model for a good measuring. Just like. go off the hats, probably. <laughs> something but then you have to center the hat mm. uh so yeah that that, that 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 one's a bit strange but the rest of the rules i think are fairly gentle and then you can start like messing with uh, talking the mechanics are good then you can start being yeah. mass about uh, balancing and stuff like that or one thing that this podcast will never tire of <laughs> complaining about the layout of the book i think the layout is almost fine almost fine <laughs> Uh, well, it sure does. It does something that I love. Better to force on force. It does a lot of duplication of rules, which I quite enjoy. I like that yeah. a lot. If you're telling me about like the shooting table, just put it there again. Just say, don't forget, this is how you shoot. This is how you do something. Because repetition is how people learn. When you repeat things, they learn things because you're repeating things, and how that is how they learn things. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> and if you just stick that table there again. Uh, people don't have to like leave through the book and uh, then you also have to do less editing because you don't have to check if the, uh, the reference you made like check the shooting table in page 32 whether uh, there's still a shooting table at page 32 yeah because like you know editing layout nonsense uh, they could have done a few things better but I don't with with regards to layout but I don't really have uh, a lot of it off the top of the head Maybe that maybe that the uh, casualty rules would be, I mean, scoring casualties would be better condensed in a single spot because uh, with disregarding the quick rules sheet in the book, you you have seven pages between where you're told uh, what the, the uh, save for being shot is and the results of becoming a casualty are because they put. In the, in the intervening period, other shooting rules and melee rules. Because, like, you know, you only make saves after you get stabbed, so no, no, no use in telling you beforehand. Yeah, I think, like, to layout-wise, like, there could be a, a better... Um, like, the organization could be improved. Like, it's just everything can be... Everything can always be better. Yeah. Nothing is perfect. And if it is perfect, why play anything else? Okay, one thing that could definitely be better is putting the equipment price list somewhere closer to the first time you get to build a band, because at this at this time equipment costs are only found in the purchase step of the campaign play, like post mission resolving. Resolving, even though uh, the game rules are set set out first that you. Go through the single player rules, then through the uh, I don't know, like yeah, single player rules first, then the campaign rules, then the supernatural rules, because like supernatural stuff is siloed off in its own half of the book because it only adds to the stuff; it doesn't really replace anything. Well, not, not single so, player, um, single like session, single player rules. Well, like, right, single, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah single, si okay. single session, then campaign, then supernatural add-ons to everything else, which. But to kind of, you, it's yeah. kind of tricky when, which gets kind of uh, a bit annoying when you have to do like supernatural campaign stuff 
because then you have to choose uh, because you look at half of the hired hired guns hangers on that you can hire which are boring and then you can look at that then, then you have to flip to find the magical drifting hobos and stuff which you want to hire for your supernatural gang name of course not like regular hangers on aren't useful and stuff but like hey if i'm playing a game where i'm shooting vampires in the face i want to see what my supernatural options are for buying friends uh yeah so a bit of a layout issue but uh, it's survivable i think we managed to, to play games uh, quite well uh, of course we did have uh, help from a massive uh, tt combat shell uh, goon waosheng but uh, <laughs> on him. uh yeah yeah uh so Overall, like, you know, horses could be faster in the game, but that's oh, it. <laughs> everything's so slow. Please don't play this game on a 4x4 table unless you both have maximum-sized gangs and you both have maximum-sized zombie spawns. You won't get anywhere. Yeah, because, like, this game says you can play from from boards that are from 2x2 two two to 4x4. Four four. And for our next game, we foolishly decided to go for a 4x4 four four ban, which played out to our advantage because this means we did some more thorough stress testing mm. in the, which case uh, what happens when you have a 4x4 four four board where you each start in the corners the game always starts in the corners and you can't reach each other's team with anything you have on yourself unless you have like upgraded rifles for like two or three turns especially if you're doing like Double activation, by which I mean you use a card to move two dudes. They move four inches. Yeah, everyone moves four inches. Yeah, so, so, but even if you have, even if you move a dude, like, you know, give him two actions, he moved eight inches, then the rest of your gang didn't. So one of your guys might just go race far ahead and then get shot by the other guy moving a rifleman and then shooting. Uh, so, yeah, four by four boards, maybe pass on them. Yeah, because working out, like, how far my point is from your point, like, oh, it's, like, four feet again. Oh, shit. Because <laughs> corner to corner, it's huge. And, like, the bases, the, the, yeah. the points are all eight-inch squares in the corners. Yeah, even if you put your guys at the, like, the pointy edge closest to the enemy, it still takes some time before you can shoot them with the longest-ranged weapon in the game, uh, which is, like... But there's easy. There's an easy solution. If your if your game is small, if you don't have big bands, play on a two by two. If your game is medium or large size, play play on three by three. Yeah, once you get over six guys, like if you're pushing like eight or ten dudes in a in a posse, just take a three by three. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's and of course, don't forget terrain, cover, and also terrain that, like, buildings that uh, encourages vertical play, because mm -hmm. the game has rules for that. Yeah. And just footing it isn't interesting. Plus, uh, the game gives you benefits for shooting people from high up, so... You want to be, like, running top of the rooftops and, like, shooting guys in the back from the top of the saloon. That's just fun. That's just cowboying. Yeah. I mean, your pistol won't do it, yeah, because your pistol's too it's... short, but... Something, something, I don't know what, but something. Yeah, but the, the, then, then, then we get into the other, like, where mechanics are fine, and then you can mess around with the other stuff. Like, uh, the game doesn't incentivize using pistols too much and stuff, because, like, pretty fairly, like, uh, one game in, you can probably arm your entire 
banned with carbines and stuff, which are like pistols plus or rifles minus. <laughs> and it, this increases your range quite quite a bit. And this is like, but, but but this is a cowboy game. I want to be shooting people with pistols and stuff. Yeah, I want to have cool two six guns and like. Yeah. Where's where's rule support for my Colt Navy's fantasy? You know. Where's the peacemaker? It's a gun that won the West apparently, but not yeah. by Dracula. Yeah, exactly. Won the West, but not lost lost to Dracula. Mm. Uh, but again, this is these are things that can be rebalanced in all sorts of ways. Either making pistols free because you have to buy guns for new guys, uh, uh, making them shoot after run, making making it possible to shoot after running something like yeah. that. I mean, a like creative designer, the type of designer that creates a wild west game that allows you to shoot Dracula in the face. The creative designer can't find the ways. You just have to poke them, nudge them a little to yeah, do it. I, I think it's like... And you've got three other kinds of pistols, and it's kind of fun that way, because you've got like, your heavy pistol, which does a save modifier. You've got your six guns, so you can shoot twice in one action, which is fun. Or your um your Lamat pistol, where you've got your once per game sawn off, which I was so keen to use one one day. One day. Ah, <laughs> oh, murder my friend. Out of yeah. Yeah, that, that that is the issue with ranges in the game because like Lamat and the son of shotgun can use a fi- four inch fire corridor, which becomes far less feasible if you're playing on a four by four board. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. A pistol caps out at twelve inches, so, a carbine eighteen, and a rifle caps out at twenty four. And there's. I I think it. I think you can go a bit bigger if you put the, the telescope yeah. sight on, but. But as you go by it, as you go like that, that's not great. And also, uh, what our what our friend told us is that there's an issue when gangs just buy all rifles and just uh, well, when vet, in campaign play, when veteran gangs buy all all buy uh, rifles and just shoot uh, newbie gangs uh, from from afar. Like I'm guessing, something can be done done with that. I don't have an experienced gang fight at a newbie gang. I've never seen it go well. <laughs> That's the new experienced gang. I'm like, yeah. right, here is one man. He's going to murder all of you unless you play well. Uh, maybe it's a bit less in this one because advancement is kind of interesting. Uh, mm. Because I think this game does a lot to lessen bookkeeping. So, for example, you don't need to. Tr- you don't even track how hard you win campaigns. You, I mean, how hard you win uh, missions. You either win them or lose them, and then you get to roll money. But like when you lose, you lo- you roll four d six for money. But and when you win, you roll five d six for money, right? Hmm. So there's not a huge insurmountable gap between the results. And if the dice hate you, you might win the you might win combat, but lose the money. Uh, and when it comes to advancement, you uh, you roll grit die for your characters, and uh, once you have you add plus one to right. Huh? You can just always roll like, but they have to have an XP to roll. I was not quite sure. I I think you no. I think you roll uh, you roll uh, every time for anyone who survives, oh, yeah. and you uh, the, you you do the you. Uh, yeah, you roll the grit die, add any XP that you have, and you go for maximum. Yeah. Uh, now you might ask, how does ex- how does XP happen in this game? And like I said, you don't do bookkeeping. So <laughs> if you roll the grit die to advance and you don't advance, you get an experience point. So 
the more you fail advancing, the bigger your chances are of advancing. And like I guess it it can get it can get swingy, I guess, if like somebody has a hot run of dice and maybe all of their guys advance. But it's also tiered because even when you advance, you don't you don't necessarily know what you get. You might get to roll for you get you get to choose a roll, you get to choose a skill you want to roll, or you might have to roll randomly. You might advance in rank, which means like taking novices to a D from a D6 to a D8. Uh, so I think it does some work to stop like gangs from just maybe winning gangs from it maybe does something to stop winning guys from winning like you know rich get rich from getting richer a little of course hmm. they can still shoot your gang and your guys can still die which puts you on the back foot because you don't get free recruits you have to roll for what recruits you'll get and then you have to pay for them which is like you know still not a nice thing to do but on the other hand you don't have that much equipment to buy and not all of it is that turbo exciting that you'd be like oh man i'm buying all of this shit so uh yeah and also your hired guns work like in the, like necromunda hired guns where you uh pay to hire them once and then you pay an upkeep though it's not too much like i had an undead drifter for our second game and his you 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 buy him for eighteen and you and his upkeep is two dollars and I think he's well worth the price. The prospect is fun in that way because he's another hire you can hire for hiring, um, and he costs fifteen. He, the retainer is four dollars, but during the income phase he might earn you an additional D eight coins, so you might make more and just you might just make what he pays, or you might make more than that. It's like that seems like a terrible. Best reward because in combat he sucks. Because <laughs> other than being a veteran and being okay in fights, why? <laughs> Buy a preacher. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, the uh, the uh, if I remember correctly, the prospector comes with a pickaxe, which makes him better at melee combat. Trouble is getting there. Mm. Like Moonshine gets you free yes. dynamite. Every turn, he's a sick dynamite. Like that's great because you always want dynamite, just in general, right? Surely, in the old west, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> and this is one of those places with dynamite and stuff where the game really goes like, you know, I am a game about fighting in the wild west. So you can throw dynamite sticks. You can shoot dynamite yeah. sticks out of someone's hands if you're on Overwatch. And there's also vials of nitroglycerin that exist and that anyone who ever watched uh, what's that Prairie Doctor Lady TV series? Uh, Doctor J. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you ever watched that, you know that nitroglycerin loves nothing more than to explode. So you can buy a nitroglycerin vial, which is cheaper than a dynamite vial, but you can't ride the horse. And and you risk exploding anytime you get shot. So like I'm like, cool. Could have made it cheaper to like incentivize you taking it more, uh, because I like it. I like everything in any game that can make you explode. Yeah. Maybe not the miscast rules in this one because they only make you shake and they don't do anything interesting. But again, it wa- the game wants to resolve everything as fast as possible. And even with our limited understanding of the game i think we ran the games pretty fast yeah um the game i consider the game being just crazy crazy quick um in person because you just like all right play card bam all right move the guy play card okay 
I just yeah, if you played it like four or five times, you probably can run it fast, and that's probably the reason why this game can last eight turns. Oh, it's so long. I feel it sounds long, but it's it's really not in person because it's most it's yeah. Oh. It? Maybe it could last a shorter if it was on smaller tables. Mm. Oh yeah, like six, seven, eight rounds. That's fine. Like you know, eight, eight turns isn't that many when your guy might move eight times. Right? Yeah, and uh, as we meant, uh, I don't think we mentioned it explicitly, but there aren't that many modifiers in the game, neither for shooting or getting shot. So, so, uh, and it also makes any upgrade where you get modifiers that more meaningful. Yeah, it's good. Um, there's three fight modifiers. The main one being being outnumbered and being shot at. Yeah, shooting someone in the back, short range, long range, cover, being above them. That's it. Yeah, like that's just easy. Yeah. plus one minus one. Um, I know, yeah, that's something we said for games, it's just like, it's just punchy, it's just short and it's punchy, and that's kind of what I really like about it. Like you said, the caster rules, like, if you fail the caster, okay, too bad, move on. Like, there's no, oh, you failed, aha, well, here's me sticking the boot in, like, it's just, you get, the guy gets back up and keeps going, like. Yeah, I mean, even with the, like, magic rolls, there are miscasts, but they don't happen every time you miscast. You have to roll, a, you have to fail and roll a one, so... Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the same as, um... Oh! Jamming your gun! <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, the, the the big downside, I guess, with casting is that summoning rules exist, and the, and the designer is really somewhat aware that this can go... Uh, get 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 done. So that's why they explicitly say that summoned creatures don't add, don't give you more cards to activate because that would be just silly. You just summon yourself more cards. But the downside is that when you summon faction specific uh, creatures, you get a minus one on the summoning roll. And if if and many of these faction specific creatures are powerful, so you really need those successes. So you're kind of disincentivized. In trying to bring your uh, faction's best dudes into the fight. Yeah, like why? Why did the Diab the um, Rowery, sorry, the Rowery cult? Why are they worse at summoning their behemoth than you are? And I don't, I didn't think anything about you couldn't summon in my behemoth. Oh no, I can't. I can't. It only says it, it says that only you can do it. Oh, okay. Only ro only railroad cults can do it, or or is it crossroad cult? I don't remember. Uh, it's both. They're, they're making a crossroad of rail <laughs> railways across America to summon the devil. And more yeah. power to them, I say. So, yeah, yeah, more power. <laughs> at least they're got. At least they're gonna have a, a normal rail, unlike now. Mm. Uh, That's better so... high speed, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, today it would be Hyperloop Cult or something. Oh, <laughs> oh no. So yeah, uh, I guess a quick, t a, a quick, a quick rundown of supernatural factions is in order because naturally, when you play the game, like when you, there are no factions, there are like no Necromunda gangs. There's something to be said about some gangs maybe being Native Americans, but it's just basically you say that it is or it isn't because in the main game, it doesn't really matter except for the use of bows. And in the supernatural game, there's, I think, uh, uh, I think only Native Americans can be uh, Skinwalker tribe members and they can't be uh, railroad, crossroad cult members. So, uh, yeah, yeah, like so it's very much are... like my guys are all Native American, so it's fine. 
It's just yeah. to say they are. Yeah. That, I feel like that's better way of being inclusive than saying, like, oh, only Native Americans can use, like, moonshine and bows because of, like, didn't leave it. Like, no, it's just, they had this cool weapon. Enough, there's no other penalties for them doing something. Like, if they pick up a pistol, they're as good as anyone else, depending on their grit die. Yeah, I mean, maybe your, maybe your Native American posse is just, like, those guys who, like, really did those cool mixed clo- clothing with, like, you know, uh, with hats stuck with feathers or something. Yeah, like, totally. Polar hats and stuff. Those guys, th- those guys look cool. Have fun finding miniatures for them, but those guys look cool. <laughs> oh, okay, before Supernatural Gangs, one thing. There's really cool art of the uh, Crossroads Roads behemoth oh, in the book, oh, yeah. and the miniature that Northstar sells is just the goofiest shit. Oh, just like, so he's intimidating in the book, but then you look at the, at the miniature and he has croissants growing out of his eyes, and it's like, like oh man. <laughs> Somebody definitely hand, hand sculpted this metal miniature. Yeah. I mean, I it's... Oh. It's not as evocative as what the artwork would imply. And speaking of the artwork, there is a yeah. lot of tracing in this book. <laughs> Did you watch Django Unchained? Really? See I... if you can spot the Easter egg. Oh yeah, yeah. The the, the, the one the one uh, uh, crossroads cult illustration, and when you showed me like the DiCaprio from da- Django Unchained, basically the same picture, but now he's a uh, more devilish. A lot, okay, so yeah. sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. Racist, <laughs> devil, same thing. Uh, right, so the factions. Like, the Twilight Cult is the good uh, Christian sol- Catholic soldier faction, I guess. And it, I think it gets the um, uh, I think it applies lowest to benefits. Catholic, but yeah. Uh, I, their fluff text says that, like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, I hunting vampires exist, existed long before our church, but now we're the preeminent vampire hunters. Yeah. And I think... Because all factions give you certain bonuses, and I think their bonus is uh, not as strong out of the gate because the two guys become uh, not Templars, but like you know Knights of the Order or yeah, something, precise. and they get armor armor for free, which like in all of these games makes you slower, and silver bullets for free, which makes shooting supernatural critters easier. And I think that's that that's it, right? Yeah, if, that, if one of them do- for most of these factions, if the special character dies, you get a free replacement. It's like, oh no, Bob's dead. Oh well, Dave can do it now. Dave, get in the armor. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so yeah, so, the, so that's like you know, they're I think they're easiest to run because you need to, need to learn the least amount of rules, and they have a powerful uh, hired gun, which is the fa- Seraphim, which they imagined as. Uh, 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 a blonde with wings and two guns. Uh, I would definitely, I would def- if if I was playing th- this game like in real life, I would go on uh, Hero Forge and just recreate the uh, Archangel from Heroes Three, but with guns. <laughs> yeah, like it's for the most part, yeah, it's fine. So yeah, uh, that's, so, oh, so yeah, so the Christian thing is called the Twilight Order. Mm. So y- you're fighting vampires. Meanwhile, the Red Hand Coven is the vampires that you're fighting. <laughs> and they get two vampires, they turn, and they allow you to make two of your guys into vampires by default. Uh, which is interesting because in campaign play, your warband starts kind of weak and dumb. You get one veteran, and the rest of them are uh, 
novices, so you only get a d8 uh, at most. So your lead vampire is going to be the d8, but the other guy, the other vampire is going to be a dumb little bloodsucker with a d6. I mean, it makes them 50% faster than everyone else on the board. That is kind of uh, a big deal. <laughs> Yes, and they also can... Uh, I think they're hard to kill as well. Yeah, hard, hard to kill, to kill means that you automatically... Yeah. Like they move... They, okay, looking at it, they get move 6, they get hard to kill, which means they automatically recover from down and go into Shaken. They have the Transfix Arcane Power, which I think makes enemy enemy soldiers move towards you. Oh, uh, no, it means and that... Also Someone within six inches gets a done token. Oh, so okay. there. Hey, right, what's going right. to go first? I, I, New. <laughs> <laughs> they also, as a vampire, they can also uh, uh, suck a downed bystander or their downed uh, enemy model to remove shaken marker, which is important because there aren't many ways to get rid of shaken markers. Yeah, they seem to be uh, fun. Like. Yeah, yeah. Fun and powerful. Uh, the second, this, the the other group is the one that's Native American posses only is the Skinwalker tribes. That's a really cool art. Yeah. That bear is fucking something and up. It, yep, and that means that you get two guys who are shapeshifters. Uh, yeah, such the Skinwalkers. Uh, they can become a bear or a wolf. Um, yep. I think they just choose to do it too, unlike your... Um, your silver bayonet bear person who had to get shot a bunch and then fall down before doing the cool thing. <laughs> they can move. They can spend their move action to become a bear. So if you're a human, when somebody charges you, you can and you survive. You can on your own turn say, "Oh, I turn into a bear," and then as a bear, you use your other action to just maul their face off. Oh okay. yeah, the bear wins a fight. The only real two or more bear person just dies. The only <laughs> Yeah. The only real limitation is that you choose if you turn into a wolf or a bear at charge end, but that's it. Yeah, I wouldn't pick wolf form. Ah, oh, it depends. I wouldn't pick it. I mean, it moves faster and it also can, and it also is better on the attack. Yeah, um, one thing we'll bring up before we get much further. If you move into combat with someone on one activation, you get a free punch and they punch you back. But so you don't have to like move and then attack. You just go, like, all right, just get him. Just run up and tackle him. So faster move yeah, if I does mean correct, you can punch ball. Yeah. If I remember correctly, uh, Kill Team 2nd Edition does that thing where you have to still have an attack after you move to punch someone, which heard never of it. feels good. But yeah. Is that so, yeah, you can turn, game, or are going to come out soon? No. That's why you've <laughs> never heard of it. Can't be a real publisher. Uh, Yes, yeah, so, so some small English publisher, nobody okay, knows them. Okay, sure. So yeah. Uh, next comes the Crossroads Cult, which is basically Alistair Crowley is uh, making trains yeah. in America to maybe make a huge railroad pentagram, and Native American posses can't join this one. Mm. This one, this one, this one's benefits are <laughs> a little confusing, or at least they were to you, <laughs> because... For this one, your boss and only your boss can become the Magister, which is like, hey, you get a mage for free, and one of their powers, because all mages get free powers, has to be summon. And the other dude, uh, 
in your in your in your gang becomes harbinger of the abyss, which means they become a devil. Which remember, your boss, your D8 guy, is already the wizard. So you're not getting any sort of great demon. You you get the, the devil's fifth cousin fails above to like you know lead these guys to glory, and he comes like, hey, I don't know much. I'm a shitty ass devil. The only thing he does uh-huh. is hypes up the boss and really an extra dice for free. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he helps he helps your boss summon better devils than he is. Yeah, and it's, it's a totally passive ability, so he can still be, as long as he doesn't have six inches of the boss, you get a free flying guy. Yeah. Okay, cool. I give him a rifle. Yeah, he's <laughs> flying. He knows how to sum. He, he knows how to summon. Which at a d six, he's probably not summoning much. He can never be your boss's boss. And I, if he dies, you just choose another dude to become a devil. So yeah, unless he's know. the only one, then he must have a new posse. <laughs> yep, yep. And then you have the congregation, which is the uh, uh, freed and slaved people the who are heroes. going into the yeah. Oh, maybe the the, the guys who are going into the dark confederacy to uh, shoot confederates in the face, which is always justifiable yeah and uh their thing is that they can be they get the power of voodoo granted by the by the mysterious loa spirits and uh uh so basically one guy from your group before the game can be chosen to be the vessel of the loa and he gains flying supernatural tough fearsome and arcane blast power i mean that's a pretty good uh which is yeah, it's pretty good. Even if they lose access to their gear, you can just have one hero who's used to, to maybe becoming a Loa and then just flying to shoot people in the shoot shoot people in the face with magic. Like a flat toss one to your save you save Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like, you know, saves you money. And if you lose guys, well that's where uh, that's where zombie warriors benefit comes in because when a non supernatural, non hired gun in your posse dies you can return them as a zombie warrior and you can only and while you can only have two dying in this game isn't that easy in the first place yeah they can't uh, advance anymore no more ranking up for them so you're going to be happy with how they are but but they retain everything they had before like it's when the uh, house of whatever Leopard print pants came out for necromunda to introduce the death maidens in necromunda they made the shittiest choice where the Death Maidens, which are resurrected Eshers, are just new new dudes. They may share a name, but they are just new people. They, they don't have the skills or weapons or anything, which is like, that's the least good feeling thing you could have made. Why would I do that? Even the Crusades rules for, even the Crusades rules for turning people into dreadnoughts are better. Mm. And... Uh, and but yeah, this was Zombie Warrior. Like, oh, if uh, Joe the Emancipator died, he is back now. He can't gain XP skills and XP anymore. But he is just as he was before he was dead. But he now also has the lead belly and tough uh, skills. I don't remember what they do, but like, uh... yeah. So it's like. So it's like, hey, your guy died, but he's now a different, better guy. You don't have to lose him, and it's great. And he's still fighting the Confederates, like, you know, which is, like, you know, the best fight. Yeah. Like, Lead Belly's great, because you ignore the shaking penalty. So if your guy gets Lead Belly and, what is it, hard to kill, he just gets down and stands back up and is fine, which sounds like an absolute nightmare to deal with. 
Yeah, so if you had a guy with hard to kill die become a, and become a zombie warrior, like, good luck, you need to bring out a nuke to take that guy down. Yeah, uh, he's come back for vengeance and he won't stop. Which is good, because the next gang is the Dark Confederacy, and, uh, you know, this is the only way the South can rise, because sure as shit they aren't rising while they're alive. One of your dude becomes the Master Necromancer, who has to take Faith of Healing as one of their powers, that's not that great. Uh, and you and the necro and because you have the necromancer, you get a D3 plus one revenants before each game, which are basically zombies armed with the pistol, zombie novices. They are activated together with your necromancer, and if your necromancer buys the farm in the game, they they crumble away, just like you know Warhammer Fantasy. So I guess getting four four more dudes potentially in the game which i did in our first game it can be powerful but it can also not be powerful because while they're slow and hard to kill they're also not that great but hey three dudes you can put them in yeah. front of your team lead to uh, to like you know soak up shots and die they the also again activate for free so d3 plus one yeah like two to four extra guys just hanging out with your boss just doing extra stuff they can't yeah, like they, give they only it do free a single action <laughs> Yeah. And considering that you have to shoot the closest enemy unless, like, you know, the further one is uh, easier to shoot or you do a spot roll, it's a good roll to make enemies waste shots that would shoot your Colonel Sanders ass instead. Yeah, the, the picture's like Colonel Sanders. Um, but, you know, but, like, you know. Yeah, think Calvin think Fisher from Bob's Burgers in a cool hat. Yeah. And, so, and yeah. Uh, that, that that's basically it with the supernatural gangs. There's also like supernatural equipment. That's Events. also not too exciting. It's like a uh, supernatural. Yeah, you can. There's also an option of just replacing civilians on the board with like fledgling vampires or zombies to make games more interesting. It, it, it even says that you can mix both if you're willing yeah. to go insane. Um. Yeah, and eventually that's basically. It you uh, I think we covered army building because there's not much more to it. Um, yeah, you've got a couple uh, different ways. I suggest the default way is you got twenty two dollars and six dudes, six novices, and one veteran, and you can buy veter buy people into veterans or heroes by spending more money. Um, and you can start with more money, and guns all cost money, and skills all cost money. So yeah, I think just the six guys seems to be good, or just like start with a hero, two vets, and three novices, which is what we we're informed to do. By yeah, said superstar Wowshank, which played really well. I felt like my boss was really good at doing stuff, and the veterans were better at doing stuff. But the novices were still there, like we're also here. Ha ha! Oh no, we exist. <laughs> Do not perceive me. I'll heroically stand next to the boss to provide the single dice for his recovery roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that 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 that's that is generally speaking uh, great. Uh, good feel. And yeah, I don't know if we even want to, if we if we even have anything else to say about the rules. Uh yeah, no. Um, have you found any yeah, cowboy only... minis to use? Like, I'm I'm excited to try this game out in person with my Parker gang from Malifaux. Yeah, I mean, hey, you already have the, all the miniatures you want. Yeah, basically. <laughs> because like, uh, I mean, I I've never really checked, but I don't know how good it is with uh, Wild West miniatures out there these days. But yes. if you really want to like, but if you really want to knock up 
uh, your own models, you could probably use Hero Forge because they have enough stuff for. Uh, no one's making STLs. I found it very hard to find any decent amount of cowboy minis of a variety of poses at all. Well, that's because we need to have on the market 50 damn variations of Drow for Dungeons and Dragons. I think you've been Spesmarines. It's more important that we have every possible variation of Primaris. Uh, that as well. You Look, when you want to break out into, the new, into a new market, you find the thing that everyone's already doing and do some more of it. Yep. So if... If you like fantasy, you do Dungeons and Dragons. If you don't like fantasy, you do Space Marines. Totally. Um, like the North Star, uh, North Star figures have their line of stuff. Like they're different most Osprey games, yeah. which is pretty cool. Uh, their minis are solid. They look okay. Um, they're kind of squat for the kind of miniatures that I'm into nowadays. But I'm getting more um, ruined by like STLs and being able, like I'm going to stretch a little bit taller. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more of a that. Uh, I don't know, legacy sculpting or legacy sculptors because their miniatures look very much this was hand sculpted for a metal miniature and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, they, they, they're, they're obviously not doing that insane shit that GHQ does for their 6mm, which was revealed this week. And yeah, those guys check out insane. our tweets for more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, check, out, check out our tweets for GHQ Simpin. Mm. Uh, yeah, like otherwise so yeah, the models are fine. Like, like, they look fun. Uh, I think you can probably use Malifaux models or probably even Dorado models if you have those laying, laying uh, around. Wild West Exodus, I believe, is another cowboy game, but it, yeah, it yeah. is more into steampunk, so I'm not quite sure how much we get out of that. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, fantasy, fantasy 80, 1890s. If the Confederacy can still be around, even if in the shape of zombies, uh, you can do yourself a steampunk or two. Enbull Digital um, is a really fun STL provider as well. They do like a bunch of like generic things like that. They've got a cool World West stuff that sort of veers into steampunk. Uh, not steampunk, uh, sci-fi, but you can just not use those parts. Can you repeat their name? Because I think oh, I talked over it a bit. Anvilindustry.co.uk. Their Digital Forge has a bunch of digital stuff. And oh, and Anvil Industries. Yeah, those guys that make all the stuff for Guardsmen. <laughs> yeah, they've got Cowboy Guardsmen now. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, hey... 3D printer is your friend, mm. even if he stinks. Yeah, so uh, compliment sandwich, maybe? Yeah, um, okay. Well, the first thing I liked about the game is um, the activation system is really short. It's really fast. There's not much chance to obliviate and wonder about what you want to do because your options are walk forward or attack. Yeah, I mean, the activation systems, I think, our uh, enthusiasm for it showed. Uh... That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Wait, I have to come up with a fun idea. Uh, shit. Um, God damn it. Uh, I like that the I, I like that there's a clear intent to make the gun run the game to the game to run fast. Like you know, like there's there's aren't that many like you know modifiers and stuff. Like go play, roll dice, roll dice. Mm-hmm. People people live, people die. No need to track stats. Like there's a single st- there's a single stat. No need to lock up. Just yeah. you games play. Play the game. Play the game. Times are wasted, man. You could be cowboying right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that that's the good thing. What is one thing you didn't like? Um. So if we both play the same card and we have the um the tie or the pairs or the three of a kind or the four of a kind, it becomes an opportunity to roll dice to roll dice and i really hate that like a couple of like the um events during the campaign mode are like oh you've rolled a six now roll again ha ha 
oh, if you're advancing, you roll to see if you advance, and then you roll to see what kind of advance, and then you roll to see what kind of random skill you get. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, like, if we both play the same card and we have a tie, what do we do next? You roll the dice. I mean, somebody, you have to randomize those events somehow. I mean, sure, they could have made it that random events happen based on what cards you drew. You yeah. drew. You got the deck. Like, there. you know, hey, you draw two of hearts or two whatever or something, like stuff explodes. But, but because we had this situation where we actually did this and we had an event which was like, you know, armed uh, civilians, which we had to roll off who gets to control them and how many of them there are, basically. Or yeah. I think it's just how many shots they uh, did. And they did their shots and they didn't do anything. So that was like, well, that was nothing. So yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you. Rolling to roll is kind of mad. Uh, for me, I'm going to say that. Hmm. Then I should say that restate the pistol thing or the layout. I think pistol thing's worse. I'm gonna take both because, <laughs> be, be, I'm gonna take both because both of them are seem seem to be like it, it could be fixed and done with an editing pass. You don't even need to do a second edition of Dracula's America to fix these. Just like you know. Uh, you know, move stuff around, look at it uh, at a different angle. Uh, maybe consider inviting a, gay, a guy from War Machines or something to look at it and suggest something because they'll probably have crazy ideas. Uh, yeah, uh, that's it. The, 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 those are those are two problems, like layout issues and uh, and p- pistols not being uh, as sexy as they should be in the Western game. But those are those do seem easily fixable. I like the the, the Confederates are in this game, and there's no. Milk toast. Well, you know, lost causes. What were they fighting for? Like, no, they're just bad guys. They're hanging out in the swamps. Fucking go in there and shoot them. That feels good. Yeah, yeah. That That, that is good when a game makes no bond of that the Confederacy was evil and didn't stand for anything good. And they're just terrible swamp people you should shoot. Uh, unfortunately, the ghost of John Brown, John Brown isn't either a summon or a... Uh, or a uh, hanger on, maybe it is later on. Oh, show you one uh, Yeah, I I'm going to say that I like that the uh, the way the factions are layered on top of the game are fairly simple because mm-hmm. like it doesn't mess around with like special equipment lists too much or anything or special skill lists or like I'll ch- I'm just going to wave in the general direction of uh, Necromunda and like you know yeah. take that as an example. Uh, so yeah, I I, th- I think again, it's, everything's done fairly gracefully to get you down to the table and rolling dice. People are not gonna shoot themselves. <laughs> yeah, even like my most hated thing in these games, the um, the casualty casualty table, it's fairly forgiving, and it almost seems to have in mind that you want to keep playing with these miniatures that maybe you've converted and spent a lot of time painting. Me told, no, he's dead. Fuck off. Uh. Like, I didn't. Re- I didn't really read the casualty table because none of my guys died in the last game. But well, like, it's it's really hard to be casualty a- for starters. So yeah, yeah. My only take is like, I played Hard West, and that game does wonderful injury Love management where, where like where at first you have to play a battle with uh, the severe kind of that injury, and then once you finish that battle, that Penalty is replaced by a smaller injury, but also with a by a bonus which yeah, you get. And the game, and then the game explains like, "Hey, you lost a piece of brain. Uh, probably wasn't that necessary," <laughs> which is which, 
which is amazing. Like, yeah. yeah, and this is a game. This is also a game that's as supernatural, maybe even more supernatural than Hard West. And like, hey, you know, if they add it in the future, like some sort of weird, weird uh, penalties into friends mode, like, hey, they can entirely do it. Yeah, like, um, so if you guys, if you guys ends the turn down or ends the game down or a casualty, he makes a grit test. If he passes the grit test, he's fine. That's it. If he fails the grit test, then you roll a d10, put it to the time you're fine. It's like a one in ten chance of dying, and like, eh, that's okay. And if you're playing the voodoo faction, if your guy died, great. Now he's a tough zombie. <laughs> oh no! Stop! Stop killing my guys! Oh well. Vengeance? Yeah, like you know, when I one of my uh, Necromanda campaigns, I lost one of my veterans on the first battle uh, to a last gunshot. No, no, no. Uh, uh, no less, and I was like, "Oh, that sucks." And this time we are like, "Yeah, that's my veteran. He can't uh, advance anymore, but he already has two skills, <laughs> as if he advanced twice, and he's really angry." Yeah, I'm like, "Oh no, you've killed one of my vampires. I get another one for free." Like, I was still recruiting guy. There's no like, "Oh, like, now you better go yeah, find sure. them and roll for it." Like, no, someone else replaced him. Just yeah. keep going. Like, what, maybe one of your guys was uh, there to hear their die, hear their dying words, and they bit them or something. And now they become a vampire. Or maybe the surviving vampire bit them, or like I don't know. Yeah, like it's so, just, yeah, uh, it's, it shows a lot of appreciation of people's time in that sort of regard. Of like most of the results on the table, are like a tiny little complaint, or they're fine, or they can't fight this um, session or whatever. Okay. Sure. Yeah. So I think that I think we fairly answered our next question, which is, would we play this game? I think we already said yes. <laughs> yeah. You definitely uh, did. Uh, I'd I'd play it again. I need to find more models to have some gangs. I don't know if I'd play it like as a long campaign kind of game, but I don't have an interest in that kind of gameplay at all. So, like, someone's like, "Hey, I've got Dragon's Mercury set up." Yes, let's go. Yeah, yeah. And who knows, maybe we'll uh, one day look at, into the uh, expansions if we make a supplement spectacular, just like System Mastery does, uh, or come up with other harebrained ideas. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'd, I think I'd play this game and I'd be interested to see what uh, is also possible, uh, what they've also added to it. Uh, yeah, that's a good cowboy game. Yeah. Got some Russian and Tutin. Yeah, some Rutin, Tutin, uh, uh, fake zombie by real zombie shooting. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, that was actually a surprisingly short and sweet episode for us and a surprisingly short and sweet game for us. Uh, it's good. I mean, it's it's, it's not a good game. People should check it out. Like... Yeah, yeah. What you gonna do? Not shoot Dracula in the face? Yeah, what are you? So, are, are you uh, yellow? Are you chicken? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, this, uh, the, this this podcast, Fortified Niche, was brought to you by me, Martinez J.C. Dent Klimas. You'll find all the links you need about me in the uh, show description. Uh, and Casa, who hasn't got a real name, and you'll never find out. <laughs> And uh, we'll return next year with the game where Casa tries to make me do one thing I hate, which is have fun. Aha! Let's marry the story now! Biatch! Or something? I don't know. <laughs>